shining a beacon on the bazaar. sandwiches on that'd be good it's a bit of a shame that was benny's favorite but he's been gone for ages now just be me on my own pottering around the lighthouse oh mate don't even talk get kettle on put a load of rum in it i have had enough i'm so glad to be back at cove man look at a- you your beard's even bigger uh. than mine <laughs> Oh, I'm all skinny and weird and bearded. I need a bath. I need to get holes down. I've been in a bubble with bloody robot Pete, mate. It's oh, been disgusting. Not in his caravan. In his caravan, man. He didn't even have quilts. He's just got all jazz mags. I've got to wrap myself up, <laughs> layer them all over we, me. It was we, just... Oh, no, you still got the reader's <laughs> wife stuck to your back. <laughs> oh, oh, get it off. Get it off. Peel it off, man. Oh, that's oh. Oh, oh you should have seen his cups. You should have seen his cups. Oh, that's gross, man. In oh, with Robo Pete. Oh. In with Robo. Hang Robo Pete's only got one bed. Um, no, no, let's not talk about that. <laughs> let's see. He took me up with Jazz Mags himself, poisonly. Oh, that's the worst <laughs> thing in the world. Well, tell you what oh, we'll the smell. Do. What I'm going to do is I'm going to run you a nice hot bath, right? Yeah, man. And you please. can get yourself soaking because the thing is, you need to remember, you see, you're back at Kraken Cove now. Oh, man. Yeah, I missed the it's... casting, I missed the stories, uh, I missed it all. Well, you it's remember, been it's... too long. It's yeah. been, this is the biggest gap we've ever had. Well, we've got to remember, this is still the podcast that shines a beacon onto the bizarre, you know? And of course. It certainly is. I'm Matt. And I'm Benny. Back. Oh, last. This is amazing. Oh, it has Jesus been a long break. Christ. There's been a lot going on, though, haven't you? See? Been a lot, oh, lot mate, going there's on. been loads. There's been too much, mate. Yeah. Cute music and let me get some fucking oil and <laughs> some scrubbing done. Brush my teeth and that. Let's get settled down, right. mate. You get yourself all soapy. <laughs> <laughs> Here we are again then. Benny's all clean. He's had a lovely shave. He's looking all spanky. He's got no- Yeah, I feel so good. I feel like one of them weirdo celebrity dudes out of jungle, you know, when you finally get back to normality. That sweet tea with a drop of rum in it. I feel That's like a new man shave. Oh. Bubble bath. I'm squeaky, our kid. Squeaky. Oh, well, well, do you know what you need now? You need a bit of casting, our kid. Oh, please, that's the one that I miss the most. Never mind the bloody duvets (laughs) and clean cups. I miss the casting. Have you got much? Have you got all? I've got a little bit for you, our kid. I've got a little bit, you know. So set yourself down there and let's go for it. So you're ready for it. I I think the first story we need to get into... It's going to have to be something kind of tasteful, isn't it? Something, you know, ease ourselves in in a gentle way. Yeah, warm me up, Arkin. Okay, that's good. So this story's headline is Owner of Killer Bear 
chokes to death on sex toy. <laughs> he will. Repeat, repeat. That's far too much for a penny. Owner of a bear. Uh, owner of a killer bear. Yeah, all bears death. killers. Well, I know what did be. I suppose it might be. You never know, you know. But he, he Jesus, chokes to death on a sex toy. Pray <laughs> <laughs> oh, tell. I can't even guess this one. With the bear, I hope the bear was involved. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is from NBC News, right? And this is how, <laughs> this is the, this is the story. So, an exotic animal owner who made headlines last summer when one of his bears mauled a woman to death. Has died after apparently choking on a sex toy, authorities said. <laughs> now, Sam Mazzola, 49, was found dead in his Columbia Station home on Sunday, face down on a waterbed. <laughs> Classy. <laughs> he was bound to the bed with handcuffs, chains, and padlocks. Lorraine. He's done it, the bear. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Lorraine County Chief Deputy Coroner Dr. Frank Miller told the Cleveland Plain Dealer. Can you imagine that as a, as a, as a newspaper called the Cleveland Plain Dealer? <laughs> it's like fancy dealer. You get your heroin, you plain dealer, you just get your newspaper. Yeah. <laughs> What's going on? I mean, so Mazzola had a sex toy in his throat, oh, which apparently obstru- obstructed his breathing, Miller said. He was also wearing a leather mask with the eyes and mouth zipped shut and a two-piece metal sphere covering his head. A metal, a two-piece metal sphere? So he's sex toy down throat, yeah. leather hood on all zipped up and a metal sphere over his crust. Uh, all, all over his oh, That's some yeah. kinky shit. <laughs> How do you discover that's what you want? Yeah. Oh. Unless you... Uh, he sounds like murder to me, does he smart? I, I think it's kinky murder, but... Um, mm. Apparently, some, uh, some Miller took the... Uh, what's he called? Uh, Frank, Dr. Frank Miller. He, yeah, he, he, say, he told the Morning Journal, right? He said, He had done this by request, according to the story we were given. There was an assistant, but that is under investigation. So it appeared Mazzola had died from an accidental an accident during sexual role play. Now, so that's this, no accident. Well, yeah, I mean, it's you know, uh, I suppose it is an accident if it happened by accident. But uh, is it murder? <laughs> I mean, it's just mental, isn't it? So, so why, why would they leave him? Was that part of the game? Like, or did they just think, oh shit, he's dead, I'm off, or I'm ringing coppers? Well, I don't know. You see, let's have, let's have a little look further. So he says, an autopsy mm. determined the preliminary cause of death was asphyxia due to airway obstru- obstruction by a foreign body. Suicide and homicide have been ruled out. The manner of death is pending further investigation will be released when the case is finalised. Oh dear. It's got to be something to do with bear. <laughs> well, I think so. That, that, you know, it could be. But, it's a little kinky assistant. Yeah, but nobody's been charged, and not even the bear. But you see, because what happened <laughs> with the black bear, it, it was in August, one of his black bears fatally involved Brent Kandra, 24, of Illyria. After Kandra opened the bear's enclosure for a routine feeding. Now, let's face it, the, the whole idea of this guy choking to death on a rubber wanger, you know what I mean? Because let's face it, that's probably what's been down his throat, in it, you know? And, and can you imagine in his, when he's starting to die and choke? Is his first thought thinking, oh no, I'm dying, or thinking, oh no, I'm going to be found like this? 
<laughs> I don't think when you're that far into it, I don't think you care about that. You know, a bit of shame with it. I think you're just thinking, oh man, the dildo's gone too far. I tell you what, it sounds like a poor man's Tiger King, doesn't it? You know what I mean? You know, it's like yeah. South America. You know, he's he's got a gnarly bear instead of loads of nice tigers. Yeah, the that. bear boy. <laughs> <laughs> she gets mauled as assistant. You know, well, what I mean? he's got some rings of it. Well, I, I wonder as well. You see, if he's if he's actually paying for sex with somebody, maybe maybe because he was choking on the old dildo there, maybe his hour was up and that were it. Maybe it was like uh, <laughs> he's paid for it and she'd go right that's that's your lot mate off I go <laughs> yeah half hour you know getting unzipped and getting metal sphere off your head I know <laughs> getting that what's the me- that's a bit haunted is the metal sphere I, I know the rest of the picture is nasty and gnarly but what's the metal sphere it's, it's like some space element <laughs> <laughs> I don't know but I mean I tell you what it's a wrong one isn't it that you don't want to be doing stuff like that <laughs> it's not a writing our kid that is not a writing <laughs> What he, he could have done, you see, because I think he's he's got a bit fizzed up, hasn't he? He's gone a bit too far, he has. You know, I think he, and he's. <laughs> Just, I, I think we could all get a lesson from that, can't we? You know. Yeah. No metal spheres. Yeah. I yeah. think sometimes you see what you need to do. You need a bit of chastity. You might need to sort mm. of like rein it in your sexual <laughs> urges. And we've got a story about that. But oh, nice. Unfortunately, that's gone wrong as well. <laughs> so, <laughs> so they were really trying. <laughs> so this is the the cellmate. A male chastity gadget, right? But it's been and it's been hacked by hackers, right? And it can lock users in. Now, Wait, are we on about jails here, kid? No. What, what this is, right? There's a high, there's a high-tech chastity belt for men, right? And what it is, it's like a, it's like a robot device that can lock around your cock and bollocks, basically, right? Whoa, so it's not a belt. It's like <laughs> some that goes over your cock and balls. You come, yeah, yeah, that's it. It's, it's, it's just oh, goes. I've seen, like, you like I won't say electronic ones, but I've seen those kind of things that go, yeah, right, and so it's an electronic one. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like an electronic one, and I think, I think what happens is... I think it might be a bit of a thing you might do with party. Again, it's a bit kinky. It's another sex thing. Mm-hmm. But um, I think you've got like a uh, little nap. So say, for example, you know, you're having a bit of sexy time and say, oh, you're not allowed any sex. Ooh. And you can lock this device, <laughs> you know, but you can do it remotely. And But surely you'd have to get your cock and balls in it. <laughs> 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 it's going against the point to me, is that? Well, I think it's Go, a bit of a you like it. a bit of a bit of a dom thing, you know, dominant or something. I'm getting it. So you're wearing it most of the time, then suddenly, ching, you know, remotely he's locked it like you're going nowhere, son, you know what I mean? I've yeah, got you. Maybe so it's something like that. But what's happened is uh, hackers have got in and they say just with a single push, <laughs> they can lock all these devices permanently. <laughs> Permanently, permanently, right? Oh, because it looks dear. like they sort of change the change the password and everything, so everyone gets logged <laughs> in. But they're like, they're like, I mean, these things cost. I mean, it's called uh, it's called the Cellmate Chastity Cage, and it's sold online for about one hundred and forty-five quid, and it's marketed as a way for owners to give a partner control over access to their body. 
Do you wee through it, Arkin? What do you do about weeing? I don't know, actually. I'm not too sure. I've not really... I've not seen one of these things. I don't know what they look like. I can only use my imagination because I don't want to Google it. <laughs> <laughs> that on your search history. <laughs> right, knack everything in. Well, you know... I'll tell you what, if I do find a picture of one, I'll, I'll pop it up on our... Uh, in fact, no, I won't pop it on our... No, I'm about to say, bad uh, idea. Google it yourself, listeners. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the right idea. That, that's the right idea. But I don't yeah. know. I think you must be able to pee through it. I think it must be on like yeah. a little sieve system or a little filter. Maybe like a little shower head sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> a little shower, little watering can. Yeah? <laughs> How cute. But uh, it was noted that an online reviewer of this device previously who'd appeared to have got locked in due to an unrelated bug at another time, right? It said he'd been left with a, a bad scar that took nearly a month of recovery. So I don't know what part of junk or scar. I just don't, just don't know. know. But you know, and it's even then easy. I think any of these devices, you know, these sort of uh, remotely operated devices, I don't like the idea of you know even operating your uh, central heating by remote. I don't want to do. That. I don't. I do it. I do it manually. Yeah, I, do. <laughs> yeah. I just don't turn it on. <laughs> That's why it's always that's just the Yorkshire in yeah, here. Yeah, that's, it. that's why it's always chilly down Cove. It's because I don't know how to work centrally. You know, rubbish and stuff like that. <laughs> so it's only on when I run down all steps and turn it on manually. Yeah, that's <laughs> what it. Yeah. Light, man. That's it. I feel how cold it is. I can see my breath in here. It's bloody yeah. freezing. <laughs> so no, we don't. We don't want to be doing all like that remotely. And I think I'd advise everybody now. You know, just stop putting your dicks in things. Or, yeah. as in the case of the old story, don't be putting rubber dicks in your throats, you know? Let's all just, let's all keep it a bit more vanilla. Let's all go a bit more vanilla, you know what I mean? Have your kink, but don't go hardcore like yeah. that. It's just going to went wrong, isn't it? Nasty chaffing or bloody uh, choking. <laughs> chaffing <laughs> and choking. <laughs> oh, new magazine on the market. <laughs> I know, you almost stuck to your back early on with a copy of oh, that. Oh, don't, don't, I'll get flashbacks. <laughs> Come away from all that smut. That's it's, it's, it's all gone a bit much. Right? I think we need to go a little bit more classic, don't we? That's what we need. Yeah, cleanse me, Arky. Yeah, cleanse. cleanse you, right? This is a story from the Guardian from Angela Gifrida, I think she's called, right? And she's in Rome. Lucky girl, because I mm. like Rome. Or lucky lady, not girl. Sorry. And um, <laughs> this story is: tourist returns stolen artifacts from Pompeii after suffering a curse. Ooh. Yeah. So a tourist who pilfered fragments from the ancient city of Pompeii 15 years ago has returned the artefacts, claiming they were cursed. The Canadian woman, identified only as Nicole, sent a package containing two mosaic tiles, parts of an amphora, and pieces of ceramic to a travel agent in Pompeii in southern Italy, alongside a letter of confession. So Nicole, who was in her early 20s when she visited Pompeii's archaeological park in 2005, blamed the theft for a run of misfortune that she had suffered in the years since, including having breast cancer twice and experiencing financial hardship. 
So wow, can you imagine that? So I mean, you all know. What, I mean, you know what Pompeii is, don't you? I mean, Pompe- yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Pompeii was buried in volcanic ash after the catastrophic eruption of Mount Vesuvius in AD seventy nine, and lay buried until until the sixteenth century. I didn't realise it was uh, it was hidden until then. And it was, I did hear some. There's a couple of good facts with Pompeii because I always thought it was the lava, you know, that got them, and it only quite last few years I thought, you know, you read it and it's about the ash in it falling down and stuff. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And it's, yeah, I think it's, it was, it, we call it, was it pyroclastic flow? It's absolutely red hot, scalding ash or something. Jesus. Have they not recently, we talked just, about, God, have they not recently discovered some bloke having a wank or something like yeah, that? I br- <laughs> yeah, I brought it up on another episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's even more embarrassing. Can you imagine that? You, you're fine. <laughs> the worst thing is you get put on show, don't you? And here he is. We've managed <laughs> to find out who he was, who his family <laughs> is, and everything. <laughs> And you're an ancestor of him. Like, no! <laughs> you wanking in the corner. <laughs> yeah. He didn't waste them all. No. So what do you what do you think the idea of you know if you went to Pompeii and you sort of nicked stuff? Uh, would I think you... it's guilty. I think straight guilty conscience, me. You know what I mean? You, you've done something naughty that you shouldn't have done, and then you, you, stuff starts going bad. You think, why is stuff going bad? You just fucking life, in it. Life goes bad sometimes. Yeah, you does, know what I yeah, mean? But they're thinking yeah. there's something to blame. It's got to be that guilty feeling I've done about nicking look. And why nick all that shit from Pompeii? That's insane, is that? Yeah, I think, um, I think it's weird, isn't it? I don't, I don't think it's yeah. right. Yeah, but yeah, people as well. They do uh, um, concentration camps, don't you? Have you heard that? Oh Jesus Christ! I've been right around Egypt and loads of temples in Thailand. I've never once even considered it, you know, yeah, get, get weird, a bit in it? my pocket. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't like the idea of that, you know, but yeah, no. I, I suppose some people just feel like they're a bit entitled, they feel like, oh, you know, I, I, not, not everyone's going to do it, I might just pop it in my pocket, you know. Yeah, I think that's the word of the modern society, isn't it? Entitled. Yeah, <laughs> it happens a lot, apparently it happens a lot, the stolen relics are returned. So you do, do make you wonder if they are actually in, in fact cursed. But as you say, maybe it's just maybe it's just a guilt thing. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I hope they are cursed. So don't get me wrong, because that is cool. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's got mummy's <laughs> mummy's curse and all knobheads. And all knobheads. There's not worse than that, though, is it? It's so ancient and so important. Just, like you said, if everybody did it who went there, there'd be nothing left. Yeah, would absolutely. There? Just that's literally exactly, gone. Yeah, that's it. You know. Okay. Maybe there was. Maybe that's what happened to sort of um, uh, 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 Atlantis or something. Maybe maybe we'd visited Atlantis and just took a bit home with them. <laughs> tourists, that's all it was. Just loads of weird tourists. tourists. <laughs> all the fish people like, no, no, leave us a bit. Oh no, all the fish back people. to the sea. <laughs> you want to go for a sw- back into the sea for you, fish boy? <laughs> <laughs> and I love your pants too. <laughs> <laughs> Right, so we've been in the water there with the bloody Atlanteans, haven't we, and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> I think, we, I think we've been we, we've been all over. It's three stories deep, packing and we're a bit spinny. <laughs> I know that's how that's how I like to do it. That's how I like to play the game, you know. So why don't we go to Belgium now? Then you like a bit of somewhere like that, don't you? A bit of Belgium. Yeah, a Belgian breakfast, nice. I've had a Belgian breakfast. They have like like loads of hot, nice white bread and shit, and loads of chocolate and coffee and so it's an absolute. Well, awesome I can't eat breakfast. any of that stuff. <laughs> 
Oh, well, <laughs> I'll eat it for you, dude. <laughs> Let's go to Belgium. But then again, they do my favourite My favorite meal it is almost like Belgian, a Belgian French thing, which is moule frites. Mussels and chips. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's how it is. Honestly, mate, it's absolutely wizard, is that? You know. What sauce do they use? Um, it's actually a very basic sauce. I think they do like a, just splash of white wine and a little bit of parsley. It's just kind of like oh, that, you know. Real simple, God. yeah, real simple. <laughs> you know, sometimes they might even just steam them up and use a little liquor. You know what I mean? Just this sort of like liquor that you get at the bottom, which is a nice little fishy. And what they do with the mm. fritz is they double fry the chips. Oh yeah, it's a nice little crunch. But oh god, I'm making me really hungry now. And we're like those fish fingers, aren't easy, aren't we? <laughs> but talking <laughs> of fish fingers, how about this one? Escaped cloned female mutant crayfish take over <laughs> Belgian cemetery. <laughs> <laughs> so not rivers. It's not like they're attacking ponds. They're attacking a, a cemetery. They're attacking a cemetery. So this is a story from the New Zealand Herald, right? And they said escaped self-cloning mutant crayfish created in experimental breeding programs have invaded a Belgian cemetery. Hundreds of the duplicating crustaceans, which can dig down up to a metre and are always female, pose a deadly threat to local biodiversity after colonising a historic Antwerp graveyard. It's impossible to round up all of them. It's like trying to empty the ocean with a thimble, said Kevin Shears of the Flemish Institute for Nature and Woodland Research. I mean, can you imagine this? I can't. How did they get there? Why? It's absolutely mental. Answer me this first, though. The crayfish, can they crawl out of water or something? Yes. This is, oh. this, this, is, this is what happened in the UK, you see, because what they did was they got a, a, a crayfish called the Signal Crayfish, which is a big American one. It's, a, it's American, American. Uh, it's like a tiny lobster, really. Yeah, yeah. And they use them in their fish farms and stuff like this, because what you do is you put them in the bottom of the tanks of fish farms, outdoor fish farms, and they, yeah. they gobble up all the crap and nastiness and they keep the water really clean to these crayfish. Oh. But because they're such a dangerous invasive species, all they did was on an eye, these guys just kind of scuttled out and went off and found their own waterways, and they've totally decimated the UK oh. water systems. Oh, and, Jesus. But they also carry a thing called a crayfish plague, and that's what, <laughs> yeah, they, they carry like a plague, and that's killed off nearly all of our native white claw crayfish. So, oh, why do they taste so nice, Aki, though? They sound like well, evil beasts. Well, have, have you ever caught them? Have you ever, have you ever been ca- catching uh, signal crayfish? No, no, oh, never had that. that. Oh, I've done it. And it's, it's, it's yeah. yeah, I've done it before, yeah. I've done it out of waterways. I've, I've, what I've done is the tra- a good trap to do is, is a bicycle wheel, right? <laughs> and you put on this bicycle, an old bicycle wheel, you lower it into the water, and you have things like fish heads and sort of bits of chicken bone and stuff like that. And what happens is overnight, all the crayfish come scuttling across, they go, no, 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 it's that eating it, right? And then in the morning, they're still there feeding, and you whip the bicycle wheel up real quick, <laughs> and, it, and it's covered in crayfish. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is that why there's so many ink canals, Arkid? That's it. That's, that's bicycle wheels. <laughs> <laughs> be puncturing your tyres, though. But it's, yeah, that's what, that's a way of catching them. And I, I've caught them like that. And I've, what you do is then you put them in a plastic bucket for a, in, and, and, you, and you kind of what you call purge them. 
so that they don't um, uh, they don't have any crap in them or anything like that, right? Uh, uh, how do you do that? Because our lass has got a cheeky way to do uh, that. Well, I just kept them in sort of like the just in fresh water and just waited until they'd sort of like crapped themselves out a bit. <laughs> uh, she she puts chili in it. You know what I mean? That's the Thai way. You put oh, chili in the water. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that sounds a bit cruel. Does soon, that? She soon gets them squirting. <laughs> <laughs> Well, what I do then, you see, because it's it's cruel to sort of like chuck them in like hot water. Yeah. So what I do is I put them in the freezer for a little while, and they go into a state called torpor. So the, it's the, the whole body's just shut down and slow down. They don't kill them or, or harm them or anything, but they just yeah. go into total lockdown. And then you get them all out and chuck them in hot water. <laughs> Jesus, you're like Boris, you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but let's go back to our. Um, are Belgian ones, and these are yeah, different yeah. crayfish. These are called marbled crayfish, and, and they travel across land and water at night and eat whatever they can. And uh, but they do not occur in nature, and are banned in the European Union because they're being sort of genetically modified. So these things are about ten centimeters long, right? So imagine them like a prawn, a good-sized prawn, you know. Yeah. But they've got really powerful uh, pincers, really powerful sorts, little snippers there on them, so they can cause some right bother. And apparently they've been bred by unscrupulous German pet traders in the 1990s. <laughs> I mean, what's going on there? I don't know, it's so confusing. Are they eating dead bodies in this graveyard? Um, do you know, I don't think, because they said they can get down about a metre, right? And that's only about three foot. Most bodies are buried six yeah, feet now. Yeah, that's better. I feel better now. Yeah. yeah, so you don't know really. I'm not too sure. But I mean, it's like, a, how did they get into the, this, this particular graveyard? And why did they sort of like say, oh, this is just for us? Maybe there's lots of little streams nearby and stuff like that that come sculling out and into this into this graveyard. But they must, it sounds like they're sort of burrowing underground, though. I mean, God, this weird story is this, because it's like they're, they're all female as well, so how are they reproducing? Like, I'm like well baffled with this. Well, they're, they're reproducing because they're, um, they, they can spawn, self-spawn, in a way they don't need a male to do it. They'll just lay eggs and the eggs will hatch, you know what I mean? It's, I think it's called parthenogenesis. And, and it's where sort of they, they, you know, they can just clone themselves. Just it happens with sort of some lizards and fish, doesn't it? I think sharks, some sharks can. I know some reptiles have sort of like fallen pregnant in or given birth in in zoos, even though they've never ever ever been anywhere near another another lizard. Wow, mad stuff in it. So that's what these guys are doing in this Belgian cemetery. So I mean, I think <laughs> what you need, dark, is, I think you should be able to tempt, tempt them out with a couple of portions of moulet frites. And you can, I think they'll go straight after that because I know that'll tempt me out of any bloody hole that would, you know. Yeah, I'll be chucking out bicycle wheels in and that, you know what I mean? That's what you need, like well, loads of fish need, heads. A bicycle wheel, right, with moulet frit in it. And we'll just leave that out overnight. I think that'll solve the problem, won't it? <laughs> I'll be scuttling over straight to it. It sounds well, you. <laughs> from Belgium now because I'm just getting hungry thinking about lovely lovely um, mm. crayfish and lovely moulet frit and things like this right 
And let's turn our eyes to like a, some three complete dingers, shall we? Complete morons, right? <laughs> which country, which country? Oh, we're, in, we're, in, we're in back in good old England. We're, we're in Blighty yeah. again, yeah, that's it. The home of the idiots. <laughs> the only, we've got more than our fair share. There's no two ways we about are, that. Yeah. So this story is, Essex firefighters rescue three men from Tumble Dryer. <laughs> <laughs> Three men. Ah, oh, what have they done? Not just one, not two. Three men. <laughs> so this is a BBC News story, and it says Essex County Fire and Rescue Service were called to a derelict laundry in Bower Hill in Epping on Friday after the men, thought to be in their late teens, uh, crawled into an industrial-sized dryer. All oh, well, well, God, what is going two, on? So I thought they all put one arm in. They all got, into got it. it. Two men were in the dryer when the third's ankles became trapped in the door as he crawled in. The service said the men were left in the care of the ambulance service. So Essex Police, the Helicopter Medical Emergency Service, and, <laughs> and the East of England Ambulance Services Hazardous Area Respond Team. <laughs> also attended the incident that happened at about 6.35 in the evening. Fire service watch manager Glenn Jackson said crews had to help the third man into the tumble dryer before being able to remove the door and release all three. (laughs) (laughs) Imagine looks on face. That's exactly what I was thinking. When they're in there and they can hear all emergency services, the big big boys, you're the firemen, are all big boys, aren't they? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so they're all outside going, oh, you're these wankers here, look at these bloody dickheads, you know. And they're all sat there in the dryer looking at each other thinking, I feel like a right twat now. <laughs> Imagine phone call though, and they're all like, I'm stuck. What do you mean you're stuck? I mean I'm stuck, I can't get out. And they wriggle and they jiggle and it's like, we've got to call someone. <laughs> Where are you? We're all stuck in a tumble dryer. <laughs> I bet that was gold, that phone call, man. Wow. I bet I were at all. I mean, it's, it's just shows. I'm not bloody dangerous. Like, could you somebody switch the on? <laughs> I wish they did. They get rid of him. That's why I said. What were they, they going to do in there? Were they all having a bit of a roll around, or uh, it kind of innocent fun? Or I, what? I have no idea. They won't admit whatever they were doing, do they? You know what I mean? <laughs> but I'd like to see if it, 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 if it, if it had gone on the switch out, and then after an hour they all came out right little. Because <laughs> that's happened to my t-shirts whenever I tumble yeah. <laughs> Little tiny men. <laughs> but can you imagine that? I mean, do you, you don't do stuff like that, do you? Would you crawl into it? No. Not at any age. Because it's like, you know, like fear at past, you know, like getting into a fridge. You think, oh, I'll play hide and seek and get oh, into an old God, abandoned fridge. No. You can't get out, can you? You're dying fridges, man. You know oh, what I mean? You're no. like, let's give an industrial bloody <laughs> tumble dryer a, a spin. That's it. No, it's not for me at all. No, they can leave now. I'm not I'm not going for a spin in a tumble right, dryer. Yeah, absolutely terrifying. No. <laughs> Imagine that, though, going round. Oh, no. Oh, no. Idiot. Oh, even worse, all three of you. All three of you in there going, <laughs> You've been knocking lumps out of each other, haven't you? <laughs> the sp- you should have spun it a few times. Yeah, that's what right. you should have done. Your lesson the, the, the fire brigade should just give it a good old spin and rattle them around a bit. <laughs> <laughs> bit of TikTok for them or something, you know what I mean? Get out. Give us your phone and get your TikTok on. Yeah, that can TikTok. It will probably go bloody viral, that will. <laughs> <laughs>
Well, I'm sure you're aware these days, in these, in these as they always like to say, in these strange times. I don't like all this mm. phraseology they use in these days, and it really gets on my tits. But in this, you see, because science can solve everything, can't it? We're already proving science if it's, it, you know, stretch the boundaries. You reach yeah, out to yeah. places where you're not ready, you know, the, uh, being unexplored and things, right? And in the face of all these wonderful scientific sort of, uh, achievements that are occurring at the moment, I've got a first, a new science story for you. Are you interested? Ooh, love it. Please pray tell. Right. So, scientists drive a tiny robot around inside a living butthole. <laughs> Whoa! So it's like in a space, but in a butt. Yeah. Oh, cool. In a butt. <laughs> in a butt. Right. So this is by Victor Tangerman from Futurism.com. Wait a minute. What's his name, Arky? <laughs> Victor Tangerman. <laughs> You've been tangered. <laughs> by the Tangerman. Right, so buttholes, Tangerman, let's do let's this. Let's do this. So in a world's first, a team of scientists at Purdue University built a tiny micro-robot that can be operated inside a colon of a living animal. <sighs> These guys had too much time on their hands, didn't they? There are, aren't there? The goal Freaky. is to one day allow such Lilliputian machines to deliver drug payloads to different parts of a patient's body, greatly <sighs> enhancing their effects and application. Now, the robot itself is only as wide as a few human hairs. Butt hairs. <laughs> and navigates its colon environment by essentially doing backflips. The, the movement allows it to traverse rough terrain. <laughs> or in the, in the case of the colons, of live anaesthetised mice and colons excised from pigs. So that means colons cut out of pigs. So these Ugh. scientists are spending their time building a tiny robot to crawl around inside <laughs> of an anus that's been cut out of a pig. Oh, wow. God. This shouldn't be messing with nature. Oh. That should last too much. So and how much medicine are you going to get? You know, <laughs> you can't give it a spoonful up there, can you? And no. Robots only two airs with. I know this is it. So David Capilleri, a Purdue Associate Professor of Mechanical Engineering and co-author of a paper about the research, says, When we apply a rotating external magnetic field to these robots, they rotate just like a car tire would to go over rough terrain. <laughs> so that's how he explains it. And apparently that's it's a very nice. it's a very simple robot. The magnetic field does most of the work, meaning that the device doesn't even need a battery. Thanks to ultrasound imaging, the team was able to track its movements from outside the colon. Now, what they're, what they're trying to say there, basically, is <laughs> if they hadn't managed to do this, they would have had to track it from inside the colon. And all I can imagine oh. is all these people from Purdue University climbing into a massive arsehole to watch a tiny little robot do backflips <laughs> all over the place. <laughs> dirty, dirty buggers. Where's Purdue, then? Purdue where? Oh, it's in Indiana, I believe it is. Oh, it's right. Indiana, yeah. yeah. Louis, Louis Solorio, an assistant professor at Purdue, explained... Moving a robot around the colon is like using the people walker at an airport to get to a terminal faster. 
Not only is the floor moving, but also the people around you. Now that doesn't make any sense to me. I think that's absolute yeah. madness, you know what I mean? I, None of this makes sense. He's <laughs> floating robots and colons and backflips. What? He's pig's butts. Whoa. I just think... I, I, I think they're, they're full of shit, right? Because let's face it, first of all, these robots are too tiny to carry any drugs anywhere, aren't they? The, 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 yeah, the exactly. width of a couple of human hairs. They have really just sitting around, they've been bored, and they've decided to put something up their own arses, haven't they? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's do it to a pig's first, see, see yeah. how it reacts. That's what then they it do. does next. They're all doing that there. They're all they're all working on this little thing to sort of like see if they can get something inside an arsehole. A robot that will go inside an arsehole. <laughs> I mean any people from the last two stories that I did with the with the cock block thing and the bloody guy <laughs> with a dildo in his throat. I'm sure they'd have been straight up any arsehole going. I mean you, yeah. you, they probably paid you for the privilege. But no. Don't make it so small, boys. See, <laughs> I mean, I mean, but they're doing inside of live mice as well. I mean, mice are tiny, so for them, this tiny little robot would be quite big. It'd be like sort of like maybe putting a dinky toy up your butt or something. <laughs> oh, imagine little mousey's face, like oh, switchy nose. He just put a robot in my butt. <laughs> Totally wrong. It's not needed. It's absolutely ridiculous. Take robots out of your bottom. Science should be doing more <laughs> important things than putting robots in bottoms. Well, maybe try going through your pee-throughs or something <laughs> instead, you know what I mean? Ooh. Get them swimming about there. Oh, I wouldn't like, I don't like that. People do that, no, though, don't uh, they? I don't like anything. Oh, I don't know what's going on in this world, this world. <laughs> and these scientists should be sorting this out. Come on, scientists. Get, get things sorted. Not just pull your finger out. Pull bloody robot out. Stop it. Uh, imagine how much money they get for this as well. It'd be extraordinary. <laughs> yeah, but you got a bloody hand it to them. They had to pitch it to somebody, didn't they? <laughs> we, got, we got this idea. We're going to put robots up our assholes. <laughs> <laughs> Mices and pigs. Here's nine million dollars. Wow, Off your trot. <laughs> <laughs> For the planting and the purling and the berry fields of blood, we'll meet up with our kinfolk from all the world around. When the gang of bird folk take the road and yellows on the broom, when yellows on the broom, when yellows on the broom, and I'll get you on the road again. When yellows on the broom. Well, luckily, that's not the only science story that I've got in me uh, in, in me casting uh, me, me casting repertoire this time. <laughs> Good, because he's just been filth so far. Yeah, I know. Well, it, it, well, unfortunately, it sounds a bit filthy, but it's not. Is this one? Because the headline is: Scientists are left baffled after discovering an expanding crack on the moon. <laughs> <laughs> now this does actually that does sound filthy, but that sounds really interesting. Yeah, what, expanding crack. What? Well, this is from India Times by. Uh, Aishwarya Dhani, right? And she says, mm -hmm. um, recently scientists have discovered a strange crack on the moon's surface which has left them very confused. Reportedly, the crack is continuously expanding. Jesus. A large-scale research was conducted by the Smithsonian Institute to study the defect on the lunar surface using sensors installed during the Apollo 17 landing. 
According to the data received by the sensors, a mysterious crack seems to have appeared due to a powerful shock. Its magnitude is said to be close to 5.5 on the Richter scale, which is enough to cause moderate damage to infrastructures such as buildings on Earth. The information received by researchers points to the fact that the future colonizers of the moon will have to seriously attend to the issues of seismic activity on its surface. It is also possible that in this case, it will be necessary to build a settlement directly inside the satellite. So they're actually talking about building it in the moon for any sort of like real settlement. So just going back to the crack though, is it something hit it or is it just like a, a moon quake? Well, what the finding is, right, is that the, finding, the, uh, the moon's landscape is an ever-changing landscape of cracks, wrinkles, and ridge, wrinkled ridges and basins. Mm. And it looks like this thing's actually, this, this, the surface itself is sort of shifting. And I think these plates, it's almost like us tectonic plates and things, these yeah, plates yeah. are moving around and creating tension. And I think as well, one thing, because the Earth is... I mean, if you look at how, how the tides are controlled by the moon, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. So this is obviously, a, admittedly, a large solar body out there, isn't it? It's not like there's a large moon going around our Earth. And it's, it's abnormally large, though. Yeah. No other planet's got one as ridiculously big as us. It's unnatural, is the moon. Really yeah, this unnatural. is it. But the, and it's also the thing is, as well, with the moon, it, it's, it, it has a pole, it moves the tides, it's dragging the water sort of like to a peak, isn't it? And then letting it go, mm. kind of thing. Well, imagine what effect our planet is having on the moon. Oh, wow, that's very interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that's so cool. So I, I think what's happening is, is is the power of Earth being so nearby is actually warping it slightly. Kind of warping all the cheese. Warping all the cheese. <laughs> <laughs> but, of course, that might be the answer to why this crack's appearing on the moon. Or it could be something more sinister, couldn't it? Anything with the moon. Well, it could be something, bit, it could be something living inside it. It could be anything. You know, I've, I've read about this wild stories about the moon. My favourite is like it's a spaceship that could have got sent here and it's actually, you know, to wipe out another civilization and start afresh with how, you know, how the planet spins and the poles and the time. Alright, sounds like bullshit to me. It, it's absolute horseshit. Yeah. But I do like the idea that it's, it's a bit of a foreign body, you know, it ain't just like a part of the Earth that got sucked up. Alright, yeah. But that bit, the main one for me, the bit when the you know America were like shooting stuff at it, you know, like they had a, a bit of a lander or a bit of a spare bit of junk, and it crashed into the moon and it rang like a bell. Really? You heard that story? Oh, you must have heard that one. They've done it twice because they did it once and it rang, and then a few years later they had a chance to really, you know, um, eject some off a spaceship that were quite big um, and see what happened. And the and the moon rang for half an hour. No so way! Ran, yeah, the the boing noise lasted half an hour. And please, Wikipedia that up. It ain't me being. Oh, wow, one of his recording of it you can have a listen to. Moon oh, rings. Yeah, but absolutely mental. You know what I mean? I love that story. Oh, it just shows we don't. I ain't got a clue about the moon. Maybe that's that's the problem. Maybe they're firing stuff at it. It's, 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 they're just broken it. Maybe it's really fragile. <laughs> is the moon? <laughs> 
made of porcelain. You broke the moon. <laughs> you broke the moon, you goddamn fools. <laughs> Splits in two and goes floating off in two big bits. <laughs> oh, because to me, a perfect episode of Kraken would be a moon special. You have to cast one time. Well, that, we can do that, I reckon. We can do that, yeah. Because oh, I'm, I'm interested in the moon, you know what I mean? I, I like the moon. So maybe we'll have to do that in the future. I'll do a bit, a bit of casting out. In the, in the moonlight, or casting in the moonlight. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a weird song. <laughs> right, well, believe it or not, it's starting to get a little bit late, our huh, kid. And you, now you've Wowzers. had a tidy time, so I think it's an early night for you because you know. Yeah, I'm knacked, our kid. I need, no, at least you were a gr- all those late nights you've been having with Robo Pete and all oh, his filthy mate, ways. Mate, he's got wandering hands. I tell you, I didn't <laughs> sleep much at all. <laughs> Excuse my busy fingers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the best of it, bloody hell! I need delousing. I feel better after that shower, but yeah, give us one more before yeah, you took well, me up. What we need is a little story that Rock can can settle us down to at night and gives you know gives sweet dreams, can't we? <laughs> so yeah, so this story is DPS crews, which is the Department of Public Safety, right? Uh-huh. A, a DPS crew discovers a mysterious monolith from the air in remote Utah wilderness. Oh, yeah. So this is Salt Lake City, Utah, and it's by uh, Andrew uh, Andrew Adams for KSL-TV. Mm. And he says, The Utah Department of Public Safety helicopter was assisting Utah Division of Wildlife Resource Officers counting bighorn sheep when the crew spotted something mysterious from above. The discovery was made on Wednesday. And this is last Wednesday, by the way. Cool. One of the biologists is the one who spotted it, and we just happened to fly directly over the top of it, said pilot Brett Hutchins. He was like, whoa, 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 turn around, turn around. And I was like, what? And he's like, there's this thing back there. We've got to go look at it. Now the crew circled back and landed the helicopter to take a closer look, and they couldn't believe their eyes. Tucked in a red rock cove, so it's totally hidden from the, from anywhere else, was a shiny metal monolith protruding oh, from the ground. <laughs> I'd say it's probably between 10 and 12 feet high, Hutchins said. We were kind of joking around that if one of us suddenly disappears, then the rest of us make a run for it. Now this thing, I've seen, I've seen a picture of this thing, and I will be posting it on uh, our social media, which is um, at Crack and Curve at Twitter, and at Crack and Curve Pod on Instagram. And it is basically a, sh- a shiny, polished, squarish, megalith kind of thing. Oh, Just mate, are you telling me that they, didn't, they went to investigate and basically it's like, oh, it's not a plane, you know, you know someone's dumped a telephone box out of a bloody aeroplane. It is an unknown metal... Meg, uh, megalith. Yes. What is going? That is it. Yeah. It's what colour? What colour is it? It's shiny metal. Oh, it's made of wow. metal. It's a polished, highly polished metal monolith, twelve feet high, and it's hidden. <sighs> it's not like it's it's out in there for somebody to find, like a practical joke or yeah, pulling yeah. a prank. It's hidden, so that when they only just managed to spot it by accident from a helicopter. Wow. Have they had a close-up look at it then? Have they landed yeah, in... Yeah, they've you know, landed they... it and they've investigated they've got photos of it. So it's like, it's absolutely Jesus. mental. So yeah, we'll, we'll have, you know, you'll have to have a bit of Google later, right? But Yeah. So we were like thinking, is this something NASA stuck up here? 
or, or are they bouncing satellite images off of it? Hutchins questioned. That said, the crew decided it didn't appear there was any scientific purpose to it. Hutchins said it looked as if it was man-made, perhaps more of an art form than any kind of alien life form. And he said, I'm assuming it's some new wave artist or something. Somebody that was a big 2001 a Space Odyssey fan. This is referencing the movie. But because the monolith was in an area, the crew feared amateur adventurers might get stuck. They were intentionally vague about its location, so they've not told anybody where it is because it's a sort of place that if you did try and find it, you could get yourself in a right stack of bother. It's a big desert, is that? It's a very Yeah. So the group left with pictures and videos, but few answers. And Hutchins said he had seen many unusual things from the helicopter over the years, but not anything like this. So, yeah. so yes, so there you go. So, what do you think? What do you think about Monolith? Wow, to me, you know, you've kind of answered it with the 2001 Space Odyssey. You just think, you know, them scenes in that movie were inspiring, but then you see a proper one hidden in a little cove. You don't, if you're an artist, you, you don't go that far into it, does it? That'll cost a lot of money shipping that in, and a lot of people kind of notice. And you'd have it for people to see rather than tucked away. Well, how would you get in there in the first place? You'd have to, exactly. you'd have to be using like a helicopter to get it in there. And at that kind of cost, and that somebody, somebody would blab, somebody would talk, and so we don't know. You won't just stay secret, and you you won't find it by accident. Someone would be like, "Oh, have you seen that over there?" You know, nobody's noticed it. You'd be like, "Um, "Try over there." Yeah, (laughs) have you tried looking in that little red cove? (laughs) (laughs) Man, that is that's what I love about that story. My favourite moment, even better than the moon crack. That is just like it's totally unknown in it. What yeah. the hell is it? I'll be I'll be following that puppy. That well, is it. What happens if the moon crack and the monolith are all related? Wow. Oh, oh man, can I go on that trip? You know, like that trip I ended at 2001 Space yeah, Odyssey. <laughs> You've been like that all the time, just you and Robo Pete. Would he be not special, bro? <laughs> yeah, that was our three weeks. That's what he felt like. <laughs> you come out of it looking really old. <laughs> 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 you do look now anyway you you look oh, it now so it. what you need I'll to do you get yourself that. up them stairs you and get yourself off to bed yeah, right and man. I'll have a bit of a tidy yeah. round and oh, this is obviously it. it's good to be back though isn't it oh mate it's so nice to be back I've missed it I've missed yeah, everything back at the cove cosy cosy cove and of course now we've got plenty coming up towards Christmas so we're going to get some more Christmas cove and um, oh, you know but we just just in these times now, we're going to keep everything nice and light-hearted. A few daft stories, a few fun stories, and you know yeah. we've had our spooky month. We've had that, so let's just we're just going to have a bit of fun from now on for a while. I Mate, think, good times know. are back. Yeah, good times, good times, are, times back. are back. Exactly. So it's only for me to say now. It's a big goodbye from Matt, and it's a big goodbye from Betty. Take care, guys. See you later. Cheers. <laughs> See you, mate. There are three ways you may contact Kraken Cold. Either by email at crackandcoldpodcast at gmail.com, on Twitter at crackandcold, or Instagram at crackandcoldpod. Ha ha!